The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, will join me in just a second. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And we always want to have exciting guests uh, who can bring you some new information. And before we um, talk to you about our guests, I um, just want to give you some current information, you know, because we want to be evidence-based. So our show now reaches over 95,000 uh, people a-, a month. And that means what they do uh, during that month, they've downloaded either – any one of our shows, we have an archive of about five or six years. So 95,000 downloads uh, a month, and it's we reached 27 countries, 126 cities. So really worldwide, people are, are listening to this. And on Voice America, they have their um, business shows. We're the number five rated business show. So thank you very much for that. We want to pass on the, the good news to you. And today we're going to talk with uh, John Haim. He's the author of a book called You Are a Contender. And we're going to be focusing on emotional intelligence, kind of sweet spot for Kathy and myself and for John, for athletes and corporate athletes. We had John on the show probably two, three years ago, and we're excited to bring him back and hear what some of the new things are that, he, that he's up to. John is the president of Learning Links and the president of New Age Performance uh, Incorporated. It's a world-class performance uh, specialist organization. John has had a successful career as a professional golfer, and we'll have him talk a little bit about that. He competed in Canada, Australia, Asia, South Africa, uh, and the United States. And along with numerous victories, a career highlight includes a career low of 62 in a professional event in uh, Melbourne, Australia. When I reread that, 62 is, is a phenomenal low score, but we'll ask John. I'm not sure what the record low score is, but that's, that's close to it. John has delivered special programs around the globe for world top organizations like Cisco, Nortel, Bell Canada, General Electric, Electric KPMG, um, different YPO groups. So we'll tell you more about um, John in a moment, but let me introduce Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and then we'll bring Kathy on. All of you should know Dr. Kathy Greenberg. She uh, helps leading executives and entire companies. She has a method to her madness called happiness equals profit, and it's work-life strategies. Kathy has been named the first lady of happiness by the ABC TV. She has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know, 
and she touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She has a new book coming out in a series of fearless uh, leaders, and you know, so stay on the lookout for that. Kathy has a an executive consultancy called uh, Happy Companies, Healthy People, H2C Leadership. We also share a website, Kathy and I do, with a series of programs and seminars, Excel Institute. If you want to take a look at Kathy, you can see her on the TV show, The Morning Blend, and she also has a new free iApp called Your Happiness Now, and that's available on at the iTunes store. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. And, yeah, I have to say, what great news. I mean, I think we should be celebrating every yeah. day <laughs> to be ranked in the top five on the Voice America family of business talk shows. That's just amazing. And that's, of course, due to our listeners. And um, I cannot thank you enough, listeners, for helping us do that. And, really, I'm not sure if you mentioned this. Um, We are now in 27 countries in 126 cities um, around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm just swimming with data on this great news, so forgive me. But we're so happy to have John back as well. Uh, it's been a couple of years, and uh, I know he's been doing some wildly great things, and um, I know his toolkit uh, has evolved, and I can't wait to hear more. But before we bring John on to the show, I want to make sure that all of you who are possibly new listeners to the show know who Dr. Relly Nadler is, and he's not only my esteemed co-host, but he is a master-level certified executive coach. He's a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence, or as we love to call it, EI, to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his free iApp. Thousands of people around the world have downloaded Leadership Keys, and you can too. It's available at the iTunes store, and all you have to do is click and download. So, Relly, how do we want to start today's show? Do we want to talk a little bit about some leadership news features? Yeah, a, do we want to talk of, about some data? How do we want to get started? Yeah, a couple uh, pieces of information on why we're doing this, and, and I think for all three of us uh, with John, you know, this emotional intelligence is a sweet spot for us. And, and one of the reasons when you look at what are the key aspects of allow someone to be in a top 10% when we give these leadership tips? You know, most people want to know how to be in a top 10%. I mean, who, who would not? And when you think about how smart someone is and you think about any kind of technical expertise they have, and then this concept of emotional intelligence, um, the key factor to move up in an organization, depending on the research, some are, some are 30 to 40%, some as high as 90% of the data saying it's this emotional intelligence aspect, understanding yourself, managing yourself, understanding others, managing others. That's the key to moving into the top 10%. We'll hear from John, you know, who works with athletes who want to be, if not in the top 10%, with the top 1%, but also he's working with, uh, you know, a variety of 
people at different ages, and what a great thing for our youth to know about. So just a couple other pieces. The leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And so if we can help influence a leader for them to be better, think about the reach that they have for their team and their organization. And so that's why a lot of these tools and tips, we hope that you folks listening, if you were to do one or two things differently, we like to call these micro-initiatives, you could do one or two things differently that can have a macro impact for you, but think about all the people that uh, you reach. So, Kath, that's a little bit uh, just about kind of the, the data. But I guess that question always comes up from someone, you know, can I really change? Can I really make that much difference? Aren't, aren't I set in my way? You know, that's it's fascinating that we uh, we often do not realize that we can change. Um, it's a matter of perspective, and we know that there is a happiness formula that can help us understand how we can change and what portion of us we can influence to make that happen. And it's our behaviors and habits of mind and heart. We know from the science of happiness that 50% of our basic formula for happiness is a set point, but on the other side of that set point is the 50% of flexible um, behaviors and choices that we can make every day, and that's a 40% contribution to our overall happiness. So that little 10% that might be nagging at us is usually circumstances. That's, you know, market conditions, which we can often um, get bogged down in, called the economy. You know, we can't influence the economy. Sometimes we can't influence our health. But what we can influence is that 40% of habits of mind and behaviors we choose to engage in. And we can, in fact, elevate our happiness by focusing on what's right in our lives and building on it as opposed to being, as we love to say, a glass half empty and looking at everything from a negative. Now, the other thing that um, I always try to help people uh, view their lives through is a filter, a model for happiness, which we wrote about in what happy companies know called H-A-P-I-E. Yes, we did cheat. It's not H-A-P-P-Y, but it's still close. Uh, H stands for being heartfelt about what you're doing, and especially if you're a leader. Um, we, we try to get people to understand that heartfelt means coming from the heart, being honest and authentic, as my friend Warren Bennis would say. A, the A stands for being adaptive. What can you do every day to be flexible? There's a lot of stuff on your list. Delegate some of it. Recognize it's not all going to get done today so you don't drive yourself crazy. So that A is for being adaptive. The P is for profiting with people, not at the expense of people. And sometimes we think of profit as purely ROI, but it's also ROP, return on people. The I stands for invigorated stakeholders who become your first-line marketers, and they can be just the common customer that goes to a Starbucks every day and likes the coffee and tells other people. I don't think many of us have seen a Starbucks commercial on TV. That's because they go by word of mouth more so than anything else. If they're not delivering a good cup of coffee, they're not going to get invigorated stakeholders. Same thing with Cancer Treatment Centers of America. When they have a terminal stage 3 or stage 4 cancer survivor who is living a good quality of life and is here year after year after being diagnosed and they're living a good quality of life, we know that that is a very invigorated stakeholder. And the CTCA mother standard of care 
is one of those engaging mission statements that really invigorates stakeholders. The last letter, the E, stands for engaged community partners, and that's easy. Any of us can go into our community, engage the hearts and minds, and practice volunteerism, and we know that Habitat for Humanity is well known for that. We know many big corporations like Target, Costco, Walmart, they're all giving uh, what we would call tithing, a percentage of their earnings every week to help communities get better and better. So H-A-P-I-E, a little lesson for today. Hopefully it's helpful and people can have a happier life view. And, Kathy, that's why they call you the uh, First Lady of Happiness. So before we bring uh, John on, we're going to take a break, and the rest of our segments will all be kind of uh, picking his brain about how he uses emotional intelligence with athletes. Just to remind you that at our website, which is www.excelinstitute.com, there's a lot of information about our tools, upcoming workshops. Um, we're now doing EQ certification workshops, so one of the EQ um, surveys or assessments, one of the most popular and well-researched is the EQI 2.0. You can get certified in that, and we'll have information on xlxcelinstitute.com. And so we'll be right back, and we'll, we're going to meet John. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. 
That's h2cleadership.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're about to have an engaging conversation with John Haim talking about emotional intelligence in sports. John is the president of New Edge Performance and he is a world-class performance specialist. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, really. Thanks, Kathy. Appreciate it. Great to be here. So one of the questions we always like to start off with is who influenced you and your career? And I know uh, Relly was talking a little bit uh, before about your uh, successful completion of um, international golf tours, you know, Canada, Australia, Asia, South Africa, United States, we could go on and on, and we're going to come back to that. But I want to make sure that we all know who's influenced you and and your life and what really compels you to stay attached to that influence. Well, that's easy, guys. It would be uh, Relly Nadler and Kathy Greenberg. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't prime you for that. Hey, yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to hear what your response was going to be to that. That's a good one. Thanks. Well, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure there was anybody specific, but I think we can all probably say that there was, you know, along the way, teachers and coaches and parents and, and relatives, all these people sort of are part of your makeup, you know. So I, I had some great folks growing up. I had a few teachers that were very influential, a few coaches. Certainly we played, my brother and I played all sports growing up, so we had some great coaches that uh, instilled, I think, some great values in us. And, you know, with respect to current, I guess, you know, going back about 15 years when when Dan Goldman was writing his books about emotional intelligence and sort of, I guess, commercializing the subject and, and, and simplifying it, I think, a little bit, too. And, and it was a, a nice, simple, easy model to follow. And, and so I sort of took that, a lot of the information from Dan and Richard Boyatzis at the time and, and integrated into a model that we thought we could use and, and we thought was most applicable with our skill set. So... You know, I, I guess that's basically, you know, where we started, and, and, you know, everybody has a lot of influences, I think, but, uh, you know, going back, there's a lot of people, and then uh, certainly Goldman and Boyatzis, and in, in leadership, one gentleman sort of stands out to me. I've read all his books and watched his stuff on PBS and, and follow his thinking. It's Bill George. I don't know if you know oh, Bill, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah. He's a great, really a great guy and a really nice model of emotional intelligence because not only was he successful in the companies that he ran, but he ran them the right way. And now he's uh, he's at Harvard, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, helping young people with right. some of the thoughts and the ideas. So uh, like he's, like a lot of his ideas. He uh, 
was a CEO of Medtronic. He's also yes. a uh, his whole life has been a meditator. Um, so interesting well, stuff. And he's just been writing about uh, the science of mindfulness in corporate America. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, good stuff. Yeah, but, that's great. So, John, we want to kind of zero in a little bit more. I think the power that you have working with athletes and coaches, you know, I also grew up on sports, and, and probably next to your parents, coaches are probably the most influential. They can either build you up or they can tear you down. And we're, we're going to go through a couple of different uh, sports people, but I want to make sure people know that your new edge performance uh, .org is one website, and then learninglinks.org. Maybe you can kind of talk about what kind of programs you do and what kind of clients you work with. Yeah, we work with a client. Uh, we work with a variety of clients across the board. On the corporate side, we work with uh, you know executive teams, CEOs, uh, sales teams, uh, management teams, and and help them on the emotional intelligence side, and and with a focus really on leadership. And and that's been that's been exciting. One of the programs we deliver that's been very popular. We're sort of looking for a niche for ourselves in that uh, in that sort of delivery spectrum, and we created a program called Mastering the Game. And essentially what we do is we try to bring emotional intelligence to life so people can really feel it and experience it and see it so that we can highlight it and then give them a plan to uh, to work on the emotional competencies. So part of that program actually involves the game of golf where we put people out. It's a very, As everyone knows, it's a very difficult game. It's a very emotional game. So mm-hmm. we put people on the golf course sort of in the morning of the program. You know, we assess people and then put them on the golf course. And then out of that experience, Experience comes some really, really rich discussion and some exercises that we give people, and it really, you know, it really uh-huh. gets people delving into uh, where they need to go as far as improving the emotional competencies. So we've, on the corporate side, we've kind of found that little niche, and it's been quite popular, primarily because we we allow people to experience it. We have other programs, but that's been a popular one on the on the sports side. You know, we work with some of the top athletes, I would say, in the world and teams, and and we built a process basically that that uh, we can talk about that later. But we have a um, uh, an inventory. It's called the Emotional Intelligence Sports Inventory. So we're we're able to measure the emotional intelligence of athletes in in the ten key competencies that separate average and elite athletes, mm-hmm. and we use that sort of as the primary fundamental base of the program, and then we've created a process around that that helps the athletes develop the competencies and, and really, you know, really... Um, you know, gets really gets them in in a in a positive framework, and we've been getting fantastic results actually from the athletes, uh, you know, uh, that have been through this process. So that's sort of where we go on the corporate side and and on the athlete side too. And we also have you know we also have some artists, so all types of performers really. So we're in the whole concept and the whole idea of emotional intelligence in performance mm. and and how through. Enhancing emotional intelligence, you can really improve performance. When you um, and I spoke last, we were uh, we were talking about a tool that you were developing for youngsters. Um, any update on that? Yeah, you know, we're it's it, it's interesting because uh, Kathy, we we typically work with athletes. We have some we have some little tools we've sort of developed for athletes under about 14 years of age because 
Um, you know, when we give athletes the emotional intelligence sports inventory, first of all, they have to be able to understand the questions on the inventory. And second of all, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's difficult for, for people, you know, for young people under 14 to really understand what they're feeling and really understand their emotions. We've, we all have kids and we all know that if you ask them a question, they're not really sure. So, um, you know, the emotional intelligence sports inventory we use for athletes over 14 years of age and for under 14, we, we have a couple of little things that we use with athletes, but or typically it's, um, you know, our primary focus, I would say, has been athletes over 14 where they really can, you know, tap into their emotions a little bit and we can get the information that we need to help them. Okay. Got it. And uh, I know your your emotional intelligence sports inventory is taken from a lot of the competencies from uh, primal uh, primal leadership and some of the same influences that Kathy and I have. So we'll kind of highlight some of that. But maybe tell us a little bit about your personal story of golf. And first, you know what, being a sports fan as I am, sixty two is is quite low. What what is the lowest? Is it have people broke under sixty in golf? Yeah, some people have shot fifty nine. Um, okay. And you, you know what, guys? It, it's interesting too. When when I, I thought fifty nine was good. Yeah, fifty nine is amazing. Fifty nine is like the record. Yeah. Yeah, fifty nine is the record. I think there has been a fifty eight. Uh, a guy shot a fifty eight, I believe, in a U.S. Open qualifier. But uh, you know, the time when I shot the sixty two, it was it was more unusual, certainly, than it is now because uh, with the equipment and what we know now and uh-huh. the involvement of the athlete and the conditions of the golf courses and those sorts of things, it's not unusual now for somebody to shoot sixty or sixty one or sixty two. There's quite a few of them shot during the year. But at uh-huh. that time, yeah, it was it was quite unusual. It was one of those things really where you sort of get into the zone and right. everything else is you, you, I mean everything else is secondary and, and the putting is fantastic and, and all of a sudden you add it all up and it's a 62 but yeah that was exciting and that certainly was a highlight of my career to do wow. that in a competitive event. So, so say a little bit about kind of your story and how that led you into emotional intelligence because it really started, you know, uh, you started as an athlete and then kind of it sounds like kind of uh, backed into the emotional intelligence stuff. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. And, you know, certainly when I reflect on my career, um, I was one of the most talented young golfers in Canada. I had a, a full scholarship to uh, to a U.S. school. I turned pro. I, I played for seven years. And certainly when I reflect on my career, I can attribute it. I think, you know, I really believe that I contribute, I can attribute a lack of success um, in the game of golf to, you know, I think the emotional element. And me really not being able to manage and control or understand or be aware of my emotions uh, under pressure. And uh, and that's it. I had the talent, I believe. I had the physical talent, but I, I didn't have the mental toughness and wasn't able to put it all together uh, consistently uh, when playing a professional sport. So... You know, that's sort of what led me to an interest in performance and an interest in emotional intelligence and an interest in leadership, too, uh, when I finished my professional golf career. It was kind of a roundabout way to get there, but uh, I eventually got there and worked with some top people and and gained the skills to be able to deliver this information and then connected with people to have the tools to do it. And uh, just randomly, actually, working in Asia, started to work with athletes and 
and developed some success in Asia doing that and then brought it back to North America. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it really did. I think my own professional, you know, success or non-success really contributed to mm-hmm. me being interested in the subject and trying to understand, you know, what is the difference between an average and an elite athlete and what separates the, the average and the elite athlete. And in my view, a lot of it is based around emotional intelligence, and, and certainly uh, the focus of that would be self-awareness for sure. And John, um, you know, we're kind of getting into the meat of the subject here, so I'd, I'd love to know, number one, just from your experience, uh, what are these key emotional competencies um, that you feel are truly important for, important for athletes, and do they vary by sport? I was just having um, a dinner by chance with uh, two uh, former NBA uh, guys who are now ESPN anchors, uh, Stephen Howard and Stephen Bardo, uh, in Los Angeles last week, and we were talking about this um, emotional intelligence. Does it differ for basketball players versus golfers, and, and or are these key competencies consistent? Yeah, you know, I, I would generally say we work with athletes in every single sport, whether it's individual or team sport, and uh, I would say I would say it's consistent really across the board, Kathy. It's, uh, you know, self-awareness to me is the big one. If you understand your strengths and limitations and the trigger points, you know, what could potentially cause negative emotion inside you, if you understand, you know, the factors you can control, the factors you can't control, and just a general, well-rounded knowledge about yourself, mm-hmm. um, it's critical in, in not only sports, but in everything. And it really, really is critical in sport. And I, I wish I had that when I was playing professional golf. I did not have that knowledge about myself. And it's interesting because, you know, I worked with a number of sports psychologists when I was going through my professional golf career and some of the top ones in the world. And they kept telling me, you know, John, you have the talent. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. But when I reflect on my career, the biggest problem was is I didn't know myself, so there was really nothing mm. to believe in. And, uh, and I, you know, if I had that base fundamental of self-awareness, it would lead right. to these other competencies. And, and you, you asked me which ones are the most important. Certainly, I believe that uh, from my work with the athletes, that self-awareness is a big one, obviously. Self-confidence for an athlete is a big one. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. Uh, Resilience is a big one. The ability, you know, athletes get knocked on their butt a lot, so how fast and and how well can they get back up and continue what they're doing? Uh, Flexibility is a big one because in sports, everything is always changing, so you have to be able to adapt to that. Um, You know, self-control obviously is a big one, but that emerges out of self-awareness. If you understand uh-huh. your emotions and, and you're aware of them, then you have the opportunity to really control them. Uh, self-reliance is a big one. The whole concept of accountability, which is big in team sports because often you know, athletes like to point the finger at others, referees and coaches and all sorts of things, when they really have to point the finger at themselves because that's, that's the person that... Uh, you know, is going to be the the decider of their success or non-success, not the coaches, not the referees, and all these other outside factors. So, you know, I think all the competencies are important, Kathy, but they really do all emerge out of self-awareness. From my experience working with the athletes, and you know, this sound it doesn't really sound a lot different than an no. exceptional leader. Right? No. 
No, it's not. And that's where we got, this is where we started. I started with, uh, you know, the corporate world and, and, and said that this is a perfect shift uh, to to the athletic world because really a success in sports, in my view, from working with athletes and working with big-time athletes at every level, it's all about emotional intelligence. And, uh, you know, the other interesting thing, too, is a lot of the professional athletes and the higher you seem to go up with athletes, the the problems aren't on the field. They're off the field. They're off the playing field, and they bring those emotional issues from off the field onto the playing field, and that becomes the problem. So they have to really deal with those emotional issues off of the playing field, and once they do that, then they can have a clear mind and a clear focus and, and, and you know, positive, <clears throat> positive emotion and positive thinking on the playing field, which is the, the kind of the state you want to play in. But very often you'll have an athlete who, for some reason, and we all know how difficult life is, and you have all sorts of issues that you're dealing with, and with an athlete, you really need to have a clear, you know, emotional makeup and a, and a clear mind to take that on to the playing field, and that's when you're going to be successful. So, um, you know, and it seems like in the professional ranks where I work, you know, most often, that's, that's the primary issue. So that's kind of the life balance, and I know you know the obvious one is Tiger Woods, who who seems to be kind of you know getting his game back together after having a you know a tragic uh, personal life. But I always want to comment a couple things and ask you a question, John. So the self awareness is the same thing that Goldman talks about, same thing Kathy and I talk about. You talk about for the corporate athlete, you know, who basically is performing all the time and being able to kind of know their strengths, know their weaknesses. That's where the assessments come in. But one of the things I'm interested in here, I know we didn't talk to you about last time, is so what what are some of the strategies around someone's you know self talk our our colleague and friend um, dr nottingham ed nottingham is a is a uh pro as far as cognitive behavioral um therapy, and you know all of us this idea of self talk and I think what goes on in in sports. It's the results are so immediate. You either you know made a shot, you didn't make a shot. How do you help people deal with that self-talk, which is influenced by their confidence and influenced by a lot of the factors that we're talking about? Like, what you know, is there some strategies that you rely on for that? Yeah, you know what, really, to your 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 a hundred percent right. The self-talk is huge, and with with young people. You know, it's incredible how they talk to themselves sometimes, like before we start to work with them, you know, the calling themselves all sorts of different names yep. after they make a mistake. And, and uh, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that's a major, major issue. So, uh, and that has a lot to do with the subconscious mind, too, you know, what you feed into the subconscious mind, you get out of it. So we're always trying to help the athlete feed the best positive, best possible positive information into that subconscious mind before they compete um, and talk to themselves properly, be aware of it and talk to themselves properly on, because, you know, the more you call yourself lousy or a dummy or whatever, your subconscious mind believes it Mm -hmm. after a certain amount of time. So if you feed in there that you're the greatest player in the world and you're, you know, you're, uh, you're feeling good about things and you're going to have good performances and you're going to win. In and, and all these great things, if you put that in there, then uh, that's what's going to come out. It really is. And the subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference right. 
So if you feed uh, really good stuff in there, then it's uh, um, it's going to come out. But you're right, the self-talk is huge, and that gets around, you know, with the kids especially, the whole concept of uh, making mistakes, and we have strategies for them too. Uh, you know, when they feel like they've made a mistake or whatever, we have all sorts of reset strategies and, and so, from... So give me an example of what would be a reset strategy, because I think that leads into the resilience. Yeah, well, for 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 example, let's take uh, a hockey player, for example. Uh, if we're working with a professional hockey player, a young hockey player who maybe wants to get a scholarship or something like that, uh, we may get them to put a, a signal somewhere on their stick or their their glove. Often when the, the kids go back or the the players go back to the bench, they put their arm over the board and the the inside of the glove pops out. So often I'll get them to put a red mark inside a red dot and that's the reset button. So as soon as they see that, they reset. Uh, if they've made a mistake on the previous shift, they reset and they know right away that that mistake's gone. It's over. It will not impact uh, the next the next amount of time that they play or the next shift. And, uh, and, and, and John? it and it works. Yeah, I have a question for you. This is a, a bit of a tough one. Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, last week when I was, um, as I said, talking to these NBA guys, I'm not going to tell you who the name of the player is that does this, but he was well known for doing this, uh, according to uh, one of my sources, and that is intimidation techniques on the court. Yep. So this guy, very well-known basketball player, get on the court, get in your face, and it was always, quote-unquote, about your mama. Yeah. And he could take down the biggest players in seconds, given their uh, impulse control, uh, with these strategies. So how do you how do you teach anyone, whether they're a young person who could be bullied on on the the court or uh, on the field, uh, such as your hockey player or a seasoned professional, mm-hmm. um, such as a basketball player or a golfer. Or, or your boss, who may use those intimidating factors. Yeah, you know that's. I don't like you... to talk about you on the radio, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, and and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not unusual. Trust me, uh, I go to a lot of sporting events, and I'm right down where they're where I can hear them chattering and chirping to each other. So, And there's a lot of chirping in different sports. I mean, they're talking to each other all the time. They're trying to intimidate each other. So it's not unusual. So it's just, it becomes another self-awareness thing, guys. It's it's the whole concept of factors you can control and factors you can't control. And you get them to, to you know, we we make our all of our athletes identify what they can control and what they can't control. And one of the things they can't control is exactly what you're talking about, what another person says to them. So that that is out of the equation. That is gone. It doesn't impact them. They just right. move forward and uh, and 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 you know they have to work on it, but uh, it it goes on in every sport, uh, Kathy. It's not unusual. They 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 talk to each other. They try everything they possibly can to knock somebody off the game. But again, it 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 gets back to focus. Yeah, and and before we go on to a break, could I say this much though? Sure. That it's the individuals, the individuals' emotional intelligence, self awareness self-control, self-reliance, and accountability that establishes that constant in them so that when other people approach them in that negative manner, whether it's the boss or, you know, a, 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 team, a teammate or an adversary, 
they know how to respond or not to respond. Absolutely, and it's something you have to work on, too, and the kids that we have or the athletes that we have, they work on these things. And sometimes it takes time, you know. It really does because they're, they're, they're so over time used to responding to these right. things and allowing these things to get under their skin. But over time with some exercise and techniques that we help the athletes with, they're able to, uh, to do exactly what you say, put it aside and, and move forward. And it really does impact the performance in a big way. Well, John, we gonna... want to get back to a couple of the, your techniques. We have to go to our uh, next break. Exactly. But, but we'll, be, we'll be right back. This is <laughs> Leadership Development News, and stay tuned to hear some more tips and tools. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. 
Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation with John Haim. He's the president of New Edge Performance and a world-class performance specialist. John, before we went to the break, boy, we were going on there for a while, so (laughs) we may have to tighten up here a little bit. We were talking about, um, you know, emotional resilience, actually. How do people bounce back from some of these bad experiences they have with people? And, um, you know, some of your techniques include some pretty interesting uh, tools and tips. Can you talk a little bit about the emotional spiral and the emotional caddy? Yeah, the, they're, they are interesting. The emotional spiral, I think everybody can kind of visualize spiral and know it, know it going up and down in the spiral really means because, you know, often you'll hear somebody say, oh, he's spiraling down or something like that. So, you know, the emotional spiral was just created for athletes to sort of demonstrate the progressive nature of of emotional intelligence, and it all starts with self-awareness. So if you have the self-awareness piece, there's opportunity to kind of move up into a a level of confidence and to get yourself in the zone. But if you don't have self-confidence, then there's always the opportunity from our experience experience anyway, to move down, you know, hesitation, frustration, even, you know, as far as far down as anger. So we try to help athletes understand the sort of the progressive nature. And if they do zone in and, and really work on the self-awareness, then that, that's going to help them a lot. Um, as far as the emotional caddy, yeah, that's, that's getting back a little bit to Relly's self-talk and you know, we, we everybody knows what a caddy is in golf. The caddy is that nice, supportive guy that's beside you all the time, that gives you the information and, and is there to help you and protect you, and, and he's like your bodyguard, you know, and, and that's that's essentially what the emotional caddy is. It's sort of like the emotional bodyguard. It's the consciousness for the athlete. It's the voice you hear. It's supportive, and, um, you know, if I use the example of, you know, a supportive voice we've had in our lives, and initially, when we first started the interview, I talked about coaches and parents and, and teachers. And we all have that one person that's always been that person that says, hey, Relly or hey, Kathy, you can do it. You know, you can really do it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You can do it. And so this emotional caddy is sort of the buffer. Um, you know, like I said, the emotional bodyguard, the core of your self-awareness, and it's at the forefront of your experiences. You know, so you can respond to challenges with confidence and resilience and flexibility and honesty and a drive to achieve and all these great things you need to be a high performer. So um, it's like the little voice inside you, the consciousness that you create yourself that's always there because, you know, when it comes down to it as an athlete, there's only one voice that you're always listening to, and it's your own inside your head. So that uh, that uh, that voice has to be strong and positive and, and very supportive in order for you to, to perform right. well and do well. You know, John, in my book I talk about a section on on your case or on your side, and kind of says it. I've had many coaches who have been on my case, and that your emotional caddy is that person, that voice that's on your side, and really being able to kind of intervene, especially when you're on your case. So. Absolutely. And, you know, for young people, this is a critical concept for them to understand and get because this voice is going to be with them their whole life. So if they develop it properly early in life through sport and it can be effective for them, then it can be very useful in everything they do. I'm just thinking of a a friend of mine, uh, Mark Moskowitz, we played basketball with. His 
he'd always be saying, "Come on, me! Come on, me!" Yeah, you know, we all have we all have those little ways that we call ourselves, especially in the moment. I love it. I love it. That sounds great. So I wanted to kind of also before we have enough time to kind of talk about self control and and you know for athletes this is such a, a big deal. We can talk about Tiger Woods lack of self control. You know, Lance Armstrong, you know, as far as kind of bending the rule. Although, really, wouldn't you say, I think Tiger Woods has made a pretty nice comeback. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So we want to kind of hear about that. Mike Rice, who has got that video on YouTube, the Rutgers basketball coach, who was losing it. So talk about kind of how do you deal with self-control. I've, I've dealt with some athletes, and it's interesting. Sometimes they, they mistakenly think to perform they have to be angry. They have to be upset, you know, somehow. And uh, so how do you deal with some of those issues? Yeah, and then just, just quickly to touch on that, really, I don't, I don't believe everybody's different, but I don't believe that's true. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. we, tr- we try to help our athletes enjoy sport and get the most of, from it that way. And I think if you do enjoy it and you are happy, like uh, Kathy talked about earlier, um, you perform your best. But, uh, you know, I think the athletes you're referring to, they're extreme examples to Tiger Woods. You're right. Tiger Woods, I think, does have a high level of self-awareness, but he also has things in his background, his values that were a little bit skewed. Uh, his dad was in the military, and his dad had a had, had a you know a very public and well-known reputation for uh, being with you know uh, many women. So um, you know, and I think Tiger he was his, Tiger Woods or his dad was Tiger Woods' role model. So he adopted values from his father. But I think. There's a lot of great things about Tiger Woods, too. And like Kathy said, his ability to bounce back and, and put himself at number one again is a real... Um, testimonial. Is a, yeah. It's a real testimonial, yes, to to kind of battling those emotional demons inside himself and, and dealing with them. And, and it was all about the emotions for Tiger Woods, absolutely, because nothing went... Nothing went sideways, really, in his golf game, his swing. It was basically the same sort of physical and technical um, stuff that was still there. But, you know, a lot of the emotional stuff he was dealing with, and it was, it was ridiculous how bad he was playing at one point, and a lot of it was, uh, was related, or all of it was related to, uh, to what was happening in his personal life emotionally. So, um, you know, and I just want guys... to say that I think his choice of a, uh, of a mate this time, right? You know, at least from what the press shows him with Lindsey Vaughn, I believe, right. is, you know, a really great testimonial to finding somebody who's also in his same mental model. Right. You know, this yep. is a woman who broke her finger not once but twice and then got up to win medals in the Olympics, right? So yes. you got to yes. give her some credit. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, it's, uh, you know, we always thought that Tiger Woods was sort of perfect and everything, but we all understand that everyone, no matter at what level you're at, is flawed and, and learns lessons. So hopefully he'll, he'll certainly learn from this. But the, the, the other guys you mentioned too, obviously they have blind spots and beneath their awareness and, you know, I would attribute probably, you know, the athletes I deal with, you have the, all, a lot of, a lot of stuff that you have to deal with in your emotional memory, and I guarantee that Lance Armstrong and the the Rutgers guy, the basketball coach, and this Oscar uh, Pistorius, the right. Blade Runner guy, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in their emotional memories that cause them to do the things they do, and um, you know, we we have to, or I have to, with athletes, kind of 
often dig into their emotional memory and find out what those, you know, what those negative things are. And, you know, perhaps with Lance Armstrong, people, maybe, maybe there was people, very influential people in his life who told him he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not this, you're that. So his way of dealing with that perhaps was, uh, was to do anything he possibly could to be successful. And, and, uh, and that's exactly what he did in the long run, and it came back obviously to uh, to not reflect well on him. But I guarantee there's things in there that uh, hmm. that were the reasons really why he he did what he mm-hmm. did, and he lost self control, and and yeah. uh, he wasn't in control in the end. Certainly, that's for sure. Well, I think I'm looking at your ten things that you have for your emotional intelligence sports inventory. You know, I think a Lance Armstrong one that we didn't talk about was competitiveness, and two, achievement drive. And Kathy and I know, and you do too. You know, those are those are are competencies. Often we talk to someone, are you overusing that? So there's kind of a, a real positive range. And every once in a while, people say, "Oh, this is so good, I'm going to keep doing it." And now they're overusing one of those key competencies. Yeah, and you know when you talk about achievement drive and, a, and an athlete's own personal standard of excellence, well, what is that standard of excellence? You know, and and how far does it go outside the the, the rules, and all these types of things? And obviously, uh, competitiveness is a huge one for athletes because you have to have a will to win. If you don't have a will to win, I mean, professional sports and sports at the highest level really is about winning. I mean, that's all it's about, especially professional sports. I mean, you're paid to win, and that's it. So. So, you know, athletes can certainly, yeah, you're right, Relly. There's a little, there's a little window there that you can go outside of, certainly. And some of these athletes do go outside of it, and they, mm-hmm. and you bring in, you know, words like cheating and these sorts of things. And, you know, there's levels in sports too where you, you know, some sports. Golf is one that's great because you can't cheat. I mean, people are calling penalties on themselves, but in other sports, there's a little leeway there where you can cheat. And sometimes people take advantage of that, and they go beyond that. And, uh, you know, sometimes putting the ball in, in football a little bit beyond the sticks, everybody does that to try to get the advantage. But when you start, you know, talking about steroids and performance-enhancing performance substances and these sorts of things, that goes well beyond that. So people, you know, their whole, their whole competitive drive is too strong, and it takes them beyond that. Right. Kind of winning at all costs, and sometimes yeah. costs is themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Winning at all costs, and 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 having a blind spot that you can't go there, and the the filter is not. Uh, they don't regulate themselves, and the filter is not there, and they go beyond where they where they should go. So, um, yeah, that's 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 not great, and that's not good, and that's where you get these extreme examples, and that's where you've you know that's where you got the uh, the steroid use in baseball, and no one really knows knows how widely it was uh, these performance-enhancing drugs were used, but I think we know that they were fairly widely used at a certain point in time to get an advantage. Uh-huh. Well, and that's kind of, yeah, taking that competitive drive, you know, too much, and, you know, people like Lance Armstrong and everybody else, can at least in cycling, can say, well, that was what, that's what everybody did, but hopefully uh, there's less of that in other organizations, you know, this not the extreme. So, any last words about focus? And then I think we're going to be at the end of our time here. Well, you know, how do you help people around focus, one of the competencies in your emotional uh, survey? 
Well, again, really, it gets back to me, um, you know, with, with, with competencies like focus. It does, it always connects back to self-awareness for me and understanding, you know, your emotion and being able to manage it. I know when I was playing professional golf, I was constantly knock off my focus by my emotions. So if I was able to be aware of my emotions, what was causing negative emotions, and then being able to manage them, I would have been able to manage my focus much better, and I would have been more focused in what I was doing. Um, but again, mistakes, that's another thing that can knock uh, athletes have to be aware of, of the mistakes. And you can see how everything is so closely yeah, tied together. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the self-awareness piece is big, and, and a lot of the things we've talked about today are so interlinked that, uh, you know, you have to start somewhere, and and again, it's emotional intelligence, as you know, as you guys well know, is progressive. So if you start with the self awareness, then you yeah. can really help people with the focus. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I think we're at the end of our our well, time here, John. Terrific. Kathy, anything you want to say? Before I just want to say home? thank you, and I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach you, John. Can you just shout out your website again? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really recommend for for young athletes to, we have on the website at www.newedgeperformance.org, there's an assessment there, and uh, on the assessment, you can get your results, some really cool coaching suggestions, and then you build your own action plan, too, and it, this is a really, really good starting point for young athletes to understand uh, their mental and emotional development, and certainly, if people want to talk to me or, or call me, I guess the best way to reach me would be by email, and it's john at newedgeperformance.org, and I'm happy to help and do whatever I can to to help young athletes and, and corporate folks, too. That's so good. Well, thank you so much, uh, John. We really do appreciate that, and all, really all the good work that you're that you're spreading at all the different levels. So, thank you, guys. And what you do is inspiring too. And and you're obviously inspiring a lot of people because I heard the numbers earlier, and there's a lot of people that are tapping into what you're doing. So thanks so much. Uh, you're welcome. Well, so this has been Leadership Development News, and thank you so much for tuning in to tune up your leadership performance. And remember. To excel your life, you can visit us at www.excelinstitute.com. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.